This conference will now be recorded. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Orley's Weekly Weather. I had a Super Bowl party last night, so we're a little late posting. Go Kansas City. Um, I did bet on the Phillies because I'm a hometown kind of girl, and it's the nearest, and we love the Phillies. But, um, yeah, there was a real upsetting aspect at the end around 9.30, and I kind of forecasted it. Uh, it was oh, going to be an upset. Ooh, that's during the Super Bowl. And, of course, that's when that call happened. My brother-in-law, who had Kansas City, said, ooh, that was a bad call, but helped. And they did really rally at the end there. So great Super Bowl, real nail biter. And uh, I had a good friend of mine here visiting from New York, Marianne. We worked together at Pepsi, so we really watched the Pepsi commercials. So hopefully everybody had a great Super Bowl and a good Super Bowl party. And forward we go into the weekly weather. So this is the weekly weather. Uh, through February 19th, and the planets are moving fast. We're ready to roll, rock and roll. They're shifting, they're changing. There's all sorts of new exciting adventures coming with them. So we'll watch what happens. Let me get my little pointer going here. Uh, we'll watch what happens as we go rocketing into the future. And you should be really feeling the changes because Mercury last week went into air after having spent like three, almost three months in Capricorn. He went into Capricorn in December and he finally left. So all the planets in Gemini and Virgo now have a new boss. They have Mercury hanging out in Aquarius. So he's like, hey, big picture, let's go flying. And of course, we've had a lot of things flying around in the sky getting shot down. Always exciting. <laughs> balloons, balloons. Um, so the energy of Mercury and Aquarius, like, what, what's up in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's a Chinese weather balloon. No, it's a Chinese spy balloon so uh the the weather is fun you know watch the watch the world and see what happens of course we had the horrible tragedy in turkey and syria with the equate with the uh uranus on a world point remember those world points are big 15 of taurus taurus is the earth uranus does not like being in earth because he makes these explosions he makes these rockings and um not good so if you look at the lines for the uh where Look for the, look at the astral cartography lines. <clears throat> Haven't had enough coffee this morning. Look at the astral cartography lines. You can see why Turkey and Syria were affected. And as we know, countries have charts too, right? So that's part of our journey when we're looking at a country chart. Great book by Nick Campion on world horoscopes, which I got. It's probably about two and a half years, two years maybe into studying astrology. And my astrology teacher holds this book up. I'm like, you mean cities have charts too? And he's like, mm-hmm. Uh, as do countries. So always important to uh, check those out. So forward we go into the week and uh, it should be fun. It's a busy week, fast moving. Planets are quick today. We're going to have a new moon next week. So we're going to have a new moon seminar next Sunday. For those of you who like to attend my new moon seminars, we'll be posting about that towards probably Thursday or so. It'll be on the website to sign up for. And in the meantime, it's Valentine's Day. Uh, which is always a fun energy too. So find your loved one and give them a hug or a kiss and, you know, bring home catnip for your cat and uh, a nice chewy pig ear for your dog. <laughs> My friend's dog loves pig ears um, or whatever, whatever the appropriate treat is for the beloveds in your life, pets, people, the world. Um, so Valentine's Day comes to this week also. So let's go forward and look at the week ahead. Um, this is the 
the thing I have a list of the hot dates, so you can see uh, between now and the 19th, kind of a number of hot dates. Let's talk about what they are. And of course, um, eyes need glasses this morning, so we'll go into the glass mode. So first up on Tuesday, Mars is going to be sesquiquadrate Pluto. That's not a great aspect for Valentine's Day, just saying. And so we see Mars here at 14 in a in a hard aspect to Pluto. Sesquiquadrates, remember, are uh, they have a they have a stressful energy of a semi-sextile combined with a square of 90 degrees. So they're 100, they're 45 and 90 is 135 degrees. And they're just, you have the anxiety, you have the, and then you push through it and then you take action, right? Now, these are war planets. Of course, at that point, we're going to probably be done finding live people in Syria and Turkey. Um, but we also do have, you know, 30,000, I think I saw 33,000 people last time I checked dead in those countries. And some of them have poor infrastructure, so we don't actually know how many are dead. I guess the northern part of Syria is pretty hard to get into to, to give a relief. So that's that Mars-Pluto. And it also is um, not a great day for Valentine's Day. <laughs> so it looks for like a good fight at the end of the day. Now, one of my favorite columnists is a guy named Dan Savage, who, wrote, who used to write in the local paper in New York, the Village Voice. He wrote a sex column. And he always says, have sex before you go out for dinner, right? Because you come home full with a lot of wine in you you know, you don't want to have sex. And I always laughed at that, found it to be true. Uh, we do have Uranus on a world point, so we can expect some breakups then, right? Because this is a Mars in a hard aspect to Pluto with Uranus on a world point, angular in the seventh. So we're going to watch for some hot activity then in terms of what's going. Now we also have approaching the sun Saturn. Now, so this is kind of the theme for the week, right? <clears throat> so we have this launch, and then we have the sun coming to join Saturn. We also have Venus coming to join Neptune, which is a lot about setting boundaries and frames. And of course, this is the last time the sun is going to meet Saturn in one of his favorite signs for 24 years because he was in Capricorn and then he was in Aquarius. And in a couple of days, next month, he goes into Pisces. So this is the last time the sun's meeting up Saturn, and we know Saturn has been restructuring our life, our world. And of course, sun-Saturn is an ending energy as well as a new beginning. It happens every year, but Saturn doesn't, he's been in his own signs, uh, Capricorn and Aquarius, for the last five and a half, six years, right? So he's been really holding the structures. And so now as the sun comes to the structures one more time, he says, okay, how do those structures need to change and then Venus is here coming to Neptune. Now, remember last April when um, Neptune and Jupiter met up at 23 of Pisces, they said, what's your dream for the next 13 years? So, you know, sometimes it takes us a while to get the dream moving, but this is going to be one of those weeks where Mars is in a hard aspect to Pluto and he says, kick it off, baby. We're going forward. Mercury in, her ex in his exaltation in Gemini <clears throat> is also... Um, speaking to a bigger vision, and Mercury rules that Mars, Mars is still out of bounds. So we know this is going to be a potent day. We're going to watch it. We're going to watch what happens on, and remember Mars is as it's approaching. So it doesn't mean it'll happen on uh, the 14th at 11. It means it'll happen over the next couple of days because Mars is coming in for landing. We also have the moon out of bounds in Sagittarius, which adds a little wrinkle to the energy. And of course, uh, Jupiter is in fire. 
um, in Aries. He's a sign of matches. So this is sudden, unexpected flare-ups and fire. Go, go, go. Now, my friend Joni wrote, and she said, you know, Ian, everybody was saying all this economic adjustments were going to happen, you know, in the first quarter. Can you talk about that? And the reason people are saying that is because Pluto, you can see he's at the anoretic degree of Capricorn. So he's getting ready to leave Capricorn and for 244 years. He doesn't go back into Capricorn for another you know, two, two centuries and change. So we're in wrap-up mode, and we do know, we, we look back to when Pluto went into Capricorn in 08, and that was January of 08, that was the economic collapse, banking and housing and all that, and so now we see Pluto here kicking up, and we do see legislation happening in different states about building houses near trains and people going, not in my backyard, affordable housing, not in my backyard. So we do see an energy, and we do have a pretty big homeless population, but also we do know that that economic adjustment is coming. And so the issue, Joni, and this is my wonderful Joni uh, Pope, who is a great helper. If you ever need to move, she's fabulous. And uh, she does a wonderful job. She helped me move down here to Florida um, and organize my home. Shout out to Joni. Uh, and at any rate, so the Pluto, as it end, ends Capricorn, it's going to kick up that energy. But remember, it only goes into Aquarius from March um, uh, 23rd through June 10th. So he goes into Aquarius and he sets it up and then he goes back into Capricorn where he's going to hang out two more times. You know, he's going to hit, go back into 29 cap, hit that point, And then in January, he goes over it a third time. So we can anticipate hearing about it. It might actually happen, but really astrologers like to hedge our bets. Is it going to happen in the first pass, the second pass or the third pass? So I'm going to say, hey, it could happen right now. Look at these aspects. Or it could happen in June, in the end of the summer, June 10th, or next January. So I'm hedging, Joni. It's Pluto. You never want to predict what that big guy's doing because he always goes, oh, oh, you think well, you know what I'm doing? You haven't even seen it yet. Think Godfather Part 2, right? Or think that damn horse head. Uh, I went one time on a wine tour in uh, Sonoma Valley and we went to the Coppola winery and we were talking to the checkout guy, you know, beautiful stuff. His his wife would travel with him and buy beautiful, exquisite things and bring them back for the gift shop at the winery. And so we were talking to the guy and he'd been there for years and he said, oh yeah, I met the guy that did the horse head in the bed. Um, I'm like, really? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that was like such a, that was such, such an awful scene. Um, so yeah, so no horse heads in the bed. But we do know that we have this adjustment coming. And we also know with Moon and Sag, that's the reason I'm telling the horse head story here, Mars is in Sagittarius, that's horses. Um, and it's opposite the, the, the moon out of bounds, right? So we're going to really watch for literally horses in the news, maybe a fire. Don't want to say mean things about horses and fires. But there's an energy here of you know, how we move forward with this very passionate energy. And I remember saying he, he was the prop guy for that. He goes, oh, yeah. You know, and, and so it was interesting, you know, hearing him tell the story of the horse head in the bed guy, uh, the prop guy, because, uh, of course, you know, they were employees of uh, Coppola's and they would come by, hang out at the winery and he had an editing studio and stuff like that. So anyway, um, watch for the energy of very passionate. Now, in the astrology community, I'm going to speak out here a little bit about it. There's this big discussion about house systems. Everybody's yelling at each other and fighting and arguing. Is it whole sign house whole sign house denialism and you know that and so when my students ask me about whole signs about house systems you know because i treat i was raised in placidus it's kind of like being raised roman catholic 
Um, I respect other religions, but that was a religion I was raised in. But when I study other astrology systems, I use the system they do. When I took a horary course, big horary guy was Lily. He wrote the book Christian Astrology on Horary. I learned, I used Lily's house system that he used in Regiomontas. Other people like Pofrey, other people like Holstein, some people like Equal House. You know, it's the religion you were raised in. Is there one true religion? Well, some people think there are, but that's also why my religion, Roman Catholic, killed a lot of people in the Inquisition, because we were like, you don't believe my religion, we're going to kill you. Or why the Ottoman Empire killed a lot of people during its 400-year reign. So loud airplanes flying by, emphasizing my point with this edge. So the goal here is not to, to watch out for those dogmatic belief systems. It's a religion you were raised in. It's a system you were raised in. And quite frankly, astrology has been around thousands of years. The printed word has not been around that long. So when we're looking and saying, mine is the one true religion, you have to kind of go, well, have you checked out the other religions to see what they do before you go saying yours is true? So. Um, and also check out your ninth house, because a lot of times people with heavy duty ninth houses have dogmatic belief systems. And it's we're, we're certainly having a dogmatic belief system discussion in the astrology Facebook community these days. So, you know, uh, when I went to a Hindu baby naming ceremony, one of the consultants I worked with at Pepsi invited me to his baby naming ceremony. I was thrilled. I wanted to go, can I bring pictures? I take bring my camera and take pictures. He's like, yes, it's a beautiful ceremony. But I first sat down and put my camera equipment in the men's section. I didn't realize they sat men and women separate. So when people started to sit. I went to get my camera and move it to the women's section. He goes, oh no, you can sit with the men. I'm like, no, 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 I'm gonna go sit with the woman. I'm a woman. So I went and sat with the woman and um, that was it. And then dinner came, again, they eat separately, at least in his brand of Hinduism. Um, I don't know if all brands, you know, that was the one I was attending the ceremony of. And he's like, well, you can sit with the men now. And you know, there were a bunch of Pepsi consultants and they wanted me to sit with them. So I sat and ate with the men, but all the women were eating over at the other table. And I felt a little weird, but I was honoring the tradition of being the guest, I get to sit where the host tells me to sit. So I did. Narendra's like, no, you will sit with us. And I'm like, all right, I'm your, your party. I'll sit there. But honoring the traditions of the system you were raised in is how it works. And when you scroll through astrology software, you will see there's numerous house systems. They don't say this is the best. They say these are the choices. So I think one of the things we're all going to be working with this this week is that dogmatic belief system of mine's right, yours is wrong, Sun Saturn. And we want to kind of look and go, really? Huh. Well, all right, you can you can have that belief system, but don't boss me around and kill me if you don't like mine. So this is that energy, and we are going to have a lot of it. We we see it in our political system, we see it in the world, we see it in Iran, we see it in the astrology community and just kind of know that this is the energy of transformation change helping us see things in a different light that whole walk a mile in your other person's shoes and if you have a loaded ninth house check your dogma because you're going to have belief systems like this is what's right and so the energy is sun saturn you know what is your belief system well you're entitled to have it but it's aquarian so we're actually all supposed to have our own belief system that that works for us Next up, 
we have a little dogma, little dogma exchange there. Um, you can tell I'm a little excited about it, right? Uh, February 15th, we have Venus and Neptune meeting up. Now, this is back to April last year where you're being encouraged to follow your dream. What is your dream? What was that vision that came in when Jupiter and Neptune met? This point, the sensitive point of 2324, it's like a little hot degree, and it will remain hot whenever a planet hits there. It's going to encourage the dream. So you want to look at your dream that happens on Wednesday and see what it looks like, what's calling you, where you're being led. You can see there's a mystic rectangle in the sky there. See it there? with Lilith, Black Moon Lilith, who's out of bounds in Leo. And, <coughs> excuse me, that's a lot about, um, you know, how I'm inspired. It's a fire and air mystic rectangle, so it has a lot of vision. Notice how big the fire and air bars are. Normal is uh, between the T and the S. Notice how big that is, fire and air. Very fire and airy, very visionary. Very visionary energy coming in on Wednesday about following your dream. What is your dream? How do you get there? Where are you going? Um, next up, oops, Mercury squares the nodes of fate. That happens on 16th. Now this happens every year, you know, Mercury squares the nodes twice a year. Uh, but what happens when Mercury squares the nodes of fate, when he's in a sign he loves, like his lovely little Aquarius, he has a really good big picture vision of it. Meaning he gets the vision. He goes, you know, this is the vision I have. And I, it's important to me to take that action. When when planets are in what we call the bends, meaning they're squaring the nodes, they encourage us to think of things in a different way. Um, they encourage us to make different choices. They encourage us to look at things and say, okay, what's my vision of how this is going to proceed and what's going to happen? So there's a lot of energy here around how to get to a new place. And with Mercury squaring the nodes, it is a choice time. Right. So a lot of times people are feeling this week, they're going to feel like they have to make choices. This is also a sign of siblings, writing, communication. And, you know, do you go with the South Node in Scorpio? Do you go with the North Node in Taurus? Notice Uranus is in Taurus on a world point. So Uranus in Taurus is suggesting you think of things in a different way because Mercury is approaching the square to Uranus, which is think about things in a different way maybe than you have before. Now I want to keep my belief system. All right. As the sun comes to hit Saturn here, there's an energy of this is my vision. This is what I believe. And of course, it's a closing square, which gives us, or closing conjunction rather, which gives us an energy. But Mercury there is in the square heading towards um, the south node, or heading towards the Taurus uh, Uranus. So it does suggest believing, you know, looking at things and believing a different way or thinking of things in a different way. And we also have Mars out of bounds in Gemini, getting the trine, you know, just having had the tr Mercury's coming in to trine it, but it's answering to that Mercury and its exaltation. So this is new ideas or new ways of thinking about things happening on uh, the 16th on Thursday. Next up, Pallas Athena, our strategic visionary, she stations and she turns direct. Now, Pallas Athena was out of bounds for a while. She's back in bounds. But you can see she's been in cancer. So she, in cancer, as she stations to turn direct, what she's going to do, and she's been shifting every couple of days when the moon changes signs. She's been shifting her, well, okay, maybe we want to do this. Okay, maybe we want to do that. Which is why a lot of times the strategies have seen very emotional or very responsive. When we watched the um, State of the Union last week, it was a very responsive call and response kind of thing where they were cheering and booing and 
rallying the troop. It was very active State of the Union compared to some of the other ones I've seen. So with with um, with Pallas Athena stationing to turn in Cancer, understanding the emotional component of things and how important that emotional component is. And now the garbage is getting picked up outside. Next thing that's going to happen is the, the lawnmower guy is going to come. <laughs> I should always record this on Sunday because there's a lot of noisy out there. There goes the garbage truck. Bye, garbage truck. The garbage just left. Um, so the Pallas Athena out of bounds in, Se in Cancer, every, every couple of days she shifts. But now she's going to be going direct, which means she's going to pick a strategy she wants to stick to. And that's helpful because it does feel a little bit like she's been bouncing all over the place. Strategy is this, strategy is that. And now she's ready to roll. And of course, as she stops, Jupiter's coming in uh to um it's a, it's an opening she's in an opening square to jupiter because she moves a little slower than him so it's a crisis of action around your strategic approach so evaluate your strategies and figure out what that new strategic approach is you want to take next up the sun saturn conjunction which is really probably the big feature of the year uh and also the week yes i did say the year because here we are now saying to Saturn, sun's now saying to saturn goodbye big guy Catch you in your favorite signs in 20 some odd years from now because um, Saturn is leaving and going into Pisces and then he's done. He's restructured stuff for the last five or six years. Have you felt your life has been restructured? Yeah. Um, and now the sun comes and says, okay, with this restructuring, this is now what I'm going to do. So it's an important energy. And notice again, we still have the mystic rectangles in the sky. So we want to honor the energy of change. Now, some people, we have another one here formed. Some people don't like mystic rectangles with the nodes, but when I studied Vedic astrology, they really treat the nodes as very important components of the chart, almost my mind, bigger, bigger than planets. But I do use nodes in planetary pictures because I do find when they're activated, you go, whoa, wow, that's big. And so this th this date on the Sun-Saturn conjunction with a couple of mystic rectangles around the vision, around the purpose of the next chapter is very strong. And so with Mars still out of bounds, but now he's in, and he's still answering to that exalted Mercury in Aquarius, Moon in Capricorn encourages us to take the emotional lessons we've had over the last five years and put them to good use. And so this is a biggie. It is a sun Saturn. We're going to hear a lot of people leaving. We're going to hear a lot of people quitting jobs. We're going to hear a lot of endings of employment. Sun Saturn is um, also technological. And if you've been watching the um, sunspots, have been big sunspots this year, I encourage you to sign up <coughs> for NASA's sunspot thing. Um, they have a little email they mail you. And there was a big Thing that just fell off the sun <laughs> wiped out radio communication in south america just think of how dependent you are on your cell phone and so this little part of the sun has been particularly active i'm not a good i don't have the language that they were talking about it's not a coronal emission it's like a filament fell off and so that you know because we have so many satellites and we've been very aware of things flying overhead with that balloon flying across the country and a number of people pointed out that it went across the eclipse line and the answer is yes it did that eclipse that we had back in uh, leo back in uh 717 i think it was 19 we had it in 19. um yeah the eclipse that zipped across from washington through south carolina 
which initially was where COVID came in, right, in the West, in Seattle area. And then the first death in South Carolina was someone who went to uh, Washington for Christmas and brought it back and died there. So it, that path of the eclipse really through do the airplanes, but the balloon went along that path too. Um, so it wakes us up. So this Sun-Saturn energy is very much making firm decisions. And of course, now that Saturn is leaving Capricorn, many of us are thinking about what our commitments are, what we want them to be, how they work for us, they don't work for us, we need to change it. So there's a lot of energy of shifting and changing here that's that's super important to pay attention to. And we also have the moon coming in, you know, out of bounds, squaring the Jupiter in Aries. So this has got a little, it's got an emotional kick to it because it's got that moon square Jupiter. We're like, we're riled up. And of course, Mars is angular in DC. But more importantly, the Sun-Saturn conjunction speaks to this is my vision. Of course, this could be when Biden declares because this is an authority figure saying something. Um on a world chart in the US, but in your own life, this is look at what you have at this degree where you're going to be saying, okay, this is the shift I'm making and changing, and this is how I'm moving in a new way. Next up, Mercury sextiles Jupiter. You made the decision, now you announce it. Woohoo! So Mercury sextiling Jupiter gives us an opportunity. It's a closing sextile, so it's not something you haven't thought of before. Uh, back when Mercury was in Aries last spring, you might have went, hmm, maybe I need to change this. And remember, Jupiter went into Aries last May, and he invited us to think about the next 12 years. And, you know, we kind of had, in our case, uh, I was at a conference in Tucson when Jupiter went into Aries, and that was when Maurice Fernandez stepped down as the, you know, from the OPA board. He'd been the president for a while and had recruited me. Uh, in and then um, and Kay Taylor kind of took over. So this is the changes that were contemplated last spring really come into four. And also then in my land, uh, OPA, uh, Kay Taylor wanted to start a new C3 organization for um, astrology, you know, teaching more than just certification. And it's been in process and we just got approved by the IRS. So that's that energy of consolidation and change. And the things you've been talking about since last spring, now your Mercury is gonna step forward and go, you ready? And you're gonna go, ready, ready Mercury, Sun Saturn, Venus Neptune, Mercury sextile, the Jupiter kind of kicks it off and says go. And of course we're at the last degrees of Saturn. We're at the last degrees of Saturn and Aquarius, the last degrees of Pluto and Capricorn, we're at a major changing time, major changes. And Uranus is on the world point, so it can be, you've been there really since last fall, you know, change, change, haven't you sell, like everything, everything stuck in your life is in the mood to change. And so this is very much a Mercury sextiling Jupiter goes, and these are the changes. So watch for announcements on Friday when Mercury gets there. Next up, Sun enters Pisces. Woohoo! This is the last of my favorite, one of my favorite seasons. Um, this is the Sun going into Pisces for 30 days, heading us towards spring. But also, when it's in Pisces, encouraging us to dream. Notice Venus up there in her exaltation, last degrees of Pisces. So she's encouraging us to think and dream a dreamer, dream a bigger dream. And she had a, she just had a sextile, a semi-sextile rather, to Saturn. And left Neptune and said, all right, 
if I'm if this is my dream, then what are the concrete steps I need to take to get there? So as the sun goes into Pisces, we shift out of Aquarius into more of the dream state, the visionary state, the point of what the vision is, you know, what's your vision? And we're back to that again. So now that you've declared your vision, which you've been doing the last few bits, as Mars goes through the last pass of Gemini through the end of March, time to get it up. Mars has been in Gemini since mid-April. You started making the changes. You got to November 6th and you went, uh, I don't, not ready yet. And then it went retrograde, things revised. Then it went direct a couple weeks ago in January. Now it's going forward again and saying, okay, now I'm ready. And, and you should feel a sense of readiness and a sense of, okay, I'm getting a bit of clarity about where I'm headed with this. And then the sun into Pisces is a movable sign. It's the ocean, the tide goes in, the tide goes out. It'll feel like the stuckness releases, which is very helpful. And the stuckness could have felt like it released when the sun hit Saturn, because it was awareness of the stuckness, but now it's releasing with that Pisces energy and off we roll. Last but not least, the last aspect of the week is going to be Venus sextiling Pluto. Now remember, Venus is, oh dear, hang on, let me get the phone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that kind of day. I forgot to take the phone off the hook. Hey, and of course, Venus sextile Pluto, somebody calls. Um, the buzzing sound will go away in a moment. Actually, I'll fix it. What are you going to do? Venus sextile Pluto. Um, so the energy is very much Venus at the anoretic degree. Right before she goes into right before she goes into Aries, sextiling Pluto at the anoretic degree, very potent energy next Sunday, very very potent. Ending adjustments, shifting, you got it. And our job with this is to go okay, endings, adjusting, shifting, ready, set, roll. And that is the energy of the week. There will be a new moon webinar next week on the 19th uh, for the new moon that happens on the 20th. And off we go into the week's um, stuff. All right. It happens when you do the podcast early in the morning and your coffee hasn't hit in. Uh, okay, so the sun is going this week from 23 Aquarius to zero Pisces. As I mentioned, the um, big aspect is the sun Saturn and then his shift into Pisces on the 18th. But planets between 23 and zero are activated and encouraged to change. Uh, the sun is also parallel Saturn, which is an opportunity to look at things emotionally that's going to happen on the 12th before the actual event on the 16th. Mercury this week is running from 1 Aquarius to 12. She's moving. He's moving pretty quick. And as I mentioned, the big feature for him is the square to the nodes, which is about making choices on the 16th. That also is notification. So combining that with the sun Saturn, uh, on the 17th, um, on the on the 16th, the, the sun Saturn hits. That can be news of endings, you know, like we're done here. This is over. It's finished. It's over and gone. Uh, we also have Mercury sextiling Jupiter here on the um, on the 17th, which is a lot of energy around change and new ideas coming in that encourage us to look in new ways. And also, we could have changed our housing energy 
around the 12th uh, with Mercury in a sextile to Vesta. Uh, Venus this week runs from 21, area, 21 Pisces to 29 Pisces. She shifts next week into Aries, but she does meet up with Neptune, encouraging, you know, Jupiter and Venus talk a lot. You know, they're kind of like, you know how you sit around and you're talking, you know, like, hey, you know what we really should do? This is our plan. Nah, 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 nah. But they don't actually really ever do it. They're just a couple old guys sitting around talking. So when Venus coming along <clears throat> and saying first to Neptune and then in a couple weeks to Aries, she's like, well, do you want some help with that plan? So watch for the helpers this week with Venus coming to the Jupiter Neptune. Like, well, I have this plan. Great. How you doing with it? That's so good. You haven't gotten it off the ground yet. Okay. You want to help getting it off the ground? And so your answer should be, yeah, help me get it off the ground. So say yes to offers from Venus, Venus people who want to help and encourage and expand. They're all part of the journey. Uh, when we get to Mars, as we mentioned at the beginning of the week, he has that sesquiquadrate to Pluto on the 14th on Valentine's Day, kind of kicking off stressful energy. And then he does have a semi-sextile to Uranus on a world point on the, eight, on the 18th. So we're going to watch what happens then. I didn't include it because I think the big energy is the, the one on the, uh, the, the one to Pluto. Um, because this is probably not going to be something we're going to hear about, but something that's working behind the scenes that's okay. Uh, or if we hear about it, people will be mad. <laughs> you know, it's like, you leaked that. It's like, yeah, I did. Um, so we'll watch for that, you know, news coming out. And then uh, we did mention relationships getting a little crabby and cranky, you know, decisions being made about them and announcements. And Pallas Athena um, stationing to go direct at 10 Cancer. That happens on the 16th. When we look at our moons, Ah, the moons, the moons. Whoops, there goes stuff on the floor. Okay, our moons for uh, today, the moon's in Scorpio, um, and it goes it's, uh, goes void tonight at 6.52 with a sextile to Pluto. Then it's void for a couple hours, entering Sagittarius uh, tonight, Monday, Monday, 8.31 p.m. Uh, and then Valentine's Day, moon is in Sag, out of bounds, but we do have that energy of a little bit of choices and changes and stresses with the Mars sesquiquadrate Pluto. So the moon is in Sag Monday night, all day Tuesday, Wednesday until 8.06 p.m. when it goes void with a sextile to Saturn. So that's, you know, so long, farewell. We're going off, adieu, adieu, new to you and you and you, as the moon says goodbye to Saturn. Uh, and he shifts out of Aquarius, where he's been for a couple of years. And before that, he was in Capricorn. And she's like, you leave in? And he's like, bye, honey. So this is a big shift, both the sun and the moon saying so long to Saturn. Um, they do have one more new moon before he shifts, but um, that's going to be in Pisces. But it also is, um, it's got an ending quality to it, the new moon that we have coming up next week on President's Day. Uh, and then the moon goes void on Wednesday at 8.05 and it enters Capricorn at midnight on the 16th. It's in Capricorn on Thursday the 16th, Friday the 17th, going void at 11.18 with a conjunction to Pluto. That can be good or bad, but it's definitely a firm ending of some sort. And then on the 18th, the moon goes into Aquarius at 12.35 in the morning. These are, of course, all East Coast times and the sun goes into Pisces on the 18th. So next, this week is a lot of ending energy, like done with that, done with that, done with that, done with that. And as we know that energy is coming to an end, we've been planning it, we've been thinking it, we may not have said it, or they've been planning it, they've been thinking it, they may not have said it. And then you go, wow, this seems to have been thought out. 
And they're like, it was, I've been thinking about it. I've been working on it for a while. And so I remember back when I was younger, uh, my dad was a physician and he had uh, practice. And um, one day the, uh, one of the doctors announced they were leaving. And so they quit. Uh, and so it was kind of shocking. Everybody was very shocked, but come to find out they'd actually rented the office in July. This was like in the fall, they rented the office in July and they had the phone installed because back then you had to really plan to install a phone. You had to take 30 days. You know, I'm, I'm an old guy, old girl. So it was 30 days. So my mother was furious because she was like, well, she had to get the listing in the yellow pages in June. So she knew she was leaving. And my father was like, hmm. Hmm, you know, because, you know, it came to a shock to them, but she got the phone book, the listing in the yellow pages, you know, as a neurologist in practice at the new office. <laughs> and of course the phone book was getting, the phone books were published in the fall. So as the phone book was getting published, that's when she announced she was leaving. So these plans have been in place for a while. You're finding out this week, or you've been planning it for a while and they're finding it out this week. And yes, time to go. Uh, sun enters Pisces on the evening. It's void all day on next Saturday, the 18th. It enters Pisces at uh, 5.34 p.m. It's in Pisces on sun Saturday night. On Sunday, it goes void at 9 p.m. with a conjunction to Saturn. Uh, or I'm sorry, it's, it enters Aquarius uh, on 12.45 on the, um, on the 18th. So it's in Aquarius all day. And the sun enters Pisces on the 18th. And then it's Sun, moon's in Aquarius on all day Sunday, goes void at 9 p.m. with a conjunction to Saturn. That'll be when we have the new moon webinar, and that'll be when the moon and the moon enters into Pisces and it right, right, right before midnight, when there'll be the new moon <clears throat> on President's Day. Next week's a holiday, too. Uh, new moon on President's Day at one degree of Pisces, initiating energy. So uh, in terms of the, the uh, dramatic days, Wednesday, uh, dramatic day Monday today. Not so dramatic, but when we get into the afternoon, it'll be a pretty pretty dramatic. But Wednesday is the kick-ass day this week, and then we also have some intentional changes as we get towards the end of the week, which is the 17th, which is like okay, we're changing, we're shifting, it's off we go. So hopefully that gives you some idea about how to work with the energy of the week. Sorry for the phone interruption. That kind of day. Uh, so we also have a couple of stars where I do my daily uh, update for you and send your uh, list of aspects and lately a song. We also have a setting your intentions webinar available on my website. Thank you. A couple of you bought it last week. It's there ready to go talking about the intentions where we go through two hours and 121 slides. <laughs> on March 11th, I'm going to be over on the west coast, the east coast of Florida. Uh, doing my um, diving into Saturn and Pisces and Pluto and Aquarius, which we'll cover here too, but it is a hybrid and it's a really nice group of people. So it's a hybrid in-person online event for the NCGR chapter in Florida. Then we have the OPA conference, which is a technique conference on April 21st to the 23rd, where we have uh, 12 different astrologers giving you techniques you can use. And then we have the lovely NORWAC conference out there in Seattle live it's also a hybrid in person or online and then in omega uh the weekend of july 4th not through the not through the fourth just through sunday friday saturday sunday i'll be working with four astrologers uh talking about astrology consciousness and the great shift so if you don't get it on the podcast or on any one of these presentations <laughs> you're you're sleeping it's a big shift so come and find out where the big shift is in your life or at least explore where saturn going into pisces 
Jupiter going into Taurus and Pluto, more importantly, most importantly, going into Aquarius for 20 years. It's a big deal. And wishing you a absolutely fabulous week ahead and um, great fun, you know, in terms of how you're going and where you're going and what you're doing. Ann Orley signing off from the turquoise desk and uh, heading out into the beautiful day. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.